What's up, guys? Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Tuesday, May 7th. As always, we are presented by D's Home Cuts. I am your host, Travis Karchaski, and I lied to you guys. I told you on the last show that there was not going to be any more single shows, but then, of course, the very next show is a single show. It's just me today. Truman got called into work. He has to work pretty much the whole week, so he will not be here Thursday as well. Uh, he is in Columbus working right now, like I said. So it's just going to be me today. Um, fortunately, I have a, a I have a job where I don't have to worry about um, you know going all the way to Columbus. I have a local job, so I can do podcasts for you, and we can keep you know churning them out. But Truman has a job in Columbus, so we had to uh, part ways today and just do a single show. He'll be on again. It's it is this is just like the first week. It'll start to slow down a little bit towards the end of the summer, beginning in the middle of summer, just because uh, it's this week, and just because he won't be here both days this week doesn't mean it's just going to be single shows all summer. Because I can promise you it won't be. All right. Just today, it's just got a little bit of a traditional setup today, but we'll get back to the uh, Truman shows and then the guest shows once more people start to get off of school. We can have, you know, when Truman's not here, we'll have somebody fill in for him him and stuff like that. So we're going to get into these topics, though, today. We had a pretty jam-packed weekend like we always do in the sports world because the sports world never sleeps. And we're going to get to all of it. We're going to start, though, with the NBA playoffs. And honestly, I'm kind of glad Truman's not here today because he would be talking a ton of trash about me and my sports takes due to the Milwaukee Bucks and Boston Celtics series yesterday. The Bucks got a win yesterday, went up into the series 3-1 after an embarrassing game one. I have to give the Bucks credit. They have come back in a big way, and they have now won three straight games, and they put them up 3-1. I think Wednesday's the game five. They can close it out then, but we will see. Yesterday's game, Monday night's game, was an absolute embarrassment for the Boston Celtics. Their stars, the guys they were they've programmed to lead this team, have absolutely fallen apart in this playoff series. And it doesn't make much sense to me because usually on early in the game, it looks like the Celtics are going to pull away and pull away pretty early. And then next thing you know, the Bucks just stay there. The Bucks keep shooting, and as long as the Bucks keep shooting and making baskets. The Celtics start to fall, and the Celtics start to fall away. They stop making shots, and things just don't work out for them. And yet they had Giannis with four fouls early on in the third, and they weren't able to capitalize on that, and they ended up losing the game. You know, Kyrie Irving, again, shot 7 for 22 yesterday. Uh, Gordon Hayward had two points. He looked like complete shit. The entire Celtics team looked like shit. This team... It's just not what they used to be. They don't have that same Boston Celtics magic that they've had the last couple of years in the playoffs. I mean, Kyrie Irving is supposed to be their leader, shooting 7 for 22 yesterday. And he even said, you know, if I could have shot 30 shots, I would have because it's basketball. And basketball is fun, which I give him credit. I, I understand why he would have said that. He is one of the best players in the NBA. And 7 for 22 is an anomaly for him. So I think if you keep... You know, keep having confidence in your shot. That old Deion Waiters quote, you know, he would rather be 0 for 30 than um, 0 for 14 because it shows that you didn't lose confidence in your shot. And I understand that from Kyrie, but he just has not had it the last couple of games. And it has been an embarrassment. And the guys who have had it, the guy like Giannis, who went for 39 yesterday after some early foul trouble, those are the type of guys that are going to step up and win championships. Not Kyrie Irving, who's going to shoot 7 for 22 in pretty much a must-win game. Now we go back to Game 5 on Wednesday. 
Marcus Smart is back for the Celtics. That was supposed to be a huge help. He only played about, I think, 15 minutes on um, Monday night, but he and he only had, I think he only shot one for seven, so he didn't play well. Um, but he is still getting back into the swing of things. So he'll be back, hopefully, full form on Wednesday to help the Celtics out. It's a closeout game. Uh, every other series is 2-2 right now. This is the only game that can be closed out right now on Wednesday. And you got to think, you know, the Bucks are going to be coming for it. It's home court. It's in Milwaukee. Bucks haven't went to the Eastern Conference Finals since 2001, I believe. It's been a long journey for the Bucks uh, and Giannis. So the, you best believe they're going to come with all the fire and energy. And the Celtics, they don't want to get embarrassed. They don't want to lose, you know, to the Bucks. They don't want to lose to a team they should be beating. After the game one, game one was perfect. They played a perfect game there, and they absolutely annihilated the Bucks. Now the Bucks, Pat Connington and George Hill are absolutely killing the Celtics, which makes no sense because the Celtics have, you know, Gordon Hayward, all these superstars, and they just cannot close it out, and it makes no sense to me um, what's going on in Boston. But, you know, they have their hockey team. Their hockey team beat the Blue Jackets uh, yesterday, I believe, um, so it ended the Blue Jackets run, but still, People do not understand how annoying Truman Karczewski gets when his teams start to win. It's it's pretty much a cycle. Like I've pretty much mapped it out that once his team starts doing good, he starts to talk more shit, and the next thing you know, their team will lose in a big heartbreaking moment, which at the time feels good, but it also draws out Truman's chance that he can you know brag. I mean, last year with the Brewers, you know they dragged it all out all the way to Game Seven of the NL Championship. And they ended up losing, which is, it's it's a worse of a heartbreak, which is fun for me. But honestly, I'd rather have the Bucks lose, you know, in the first, second round instead of going all the way like the championship and getting swept by the Warriors. But we'll see what happens, obviously. That's what we always do on the show. We'll see what happens. We're going to move now to the next game, next series, uh, Rockets versus Warriors. Two and two, like I said, like every other series besides the Bucks and Celtics. Um... Yesterday's win for the Rockets was a huge win for them. Tie it back up. Now they're going back to um, Golden State. And it's obviously it's no uh, surprise here that the Rockets must win a game on the road. They've played well at home. They're a really scrappy team. They've made it into a series. And you know I think we have all seen now this is really going to be a six or seven game series. I do not see. Uh, I think the Warriors could win game five. And then I think it goes back to Houston. I think Houston wins that. And I think it goes to Game 7. So I don't think the Rockets will lose this in 6 or win this in 6. I think this is going to be a Game 7. And that's going to be a really fun Game 7. I mean, a lot of people were saying this is pretty much the finals. Because I truly believe these are the two best teams still in it. Um, and from yesterday's game, I mean, Curry had pretty bad game i mean he started off well but he only finished with i think 30 points which is a slow night for curry especially because he started really hot and finished really cold but james harden has just been going off the last couple of games even with that eye injury he has been a stud for them and you know it's been a good game uh good series all around i mean the first two games i think people thought the rockets were going to go ahead and uh get swept by the warriors but they fought back in these last two games and they've made it a series um you know, they have the momentum right now. It goes back to Golden State. You know, Golden State's a tough place to play. And, you know, when the Warriors usually get down, they usually respond in a big way. And we'll see what happens. I mean, I've heard rumors that DeMarcus Cousins could be coming back soon. Maybe if it's, if it's not this series, possibly next if they get there. Um, 
That'd be a huge help for them, adding a guy like DeMarcus Cousins into the lineup. Um, but still, I think I still think the Warriors are going to win this series. I think they'll win it in six or seven here. Um, and yeah, I just I don't believe the Rockets are that good of a team. Uh, in my opinion, I think everybody else thinks they're one of the best teams in the league. I think they're, I take that back. They're a good team. All right, they're a pretty good team. I just don't think they're as good as everybody thinks. And I'm not really sure how they beat the Warriors like this. I mean, obviously James Harden's pretty good, but I don't know. I just sort of overrate. I think the Rockets are a little overrated at my point, but I guess I can't really, you know, give too much evidence to that when they've just beaten the Warriors two straight games and now they've tied it up two two. But I think the Warriors will end up finishing this out here soon. We'll go to the next series, the two series tonight, Raptors versus 76ers. Two and two, like I said, every series is two and two right now. Um, but without Kawhi Leonard, the Raptors would be absolutely nowhere. Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard is averaging 38 points in the series, scored 39 on Saturday. You can only hope to contain him if you're a 76ers uh fan right now because they've they've done nothing but stop him they cannot stop him. you can only hope to like i said contain him and keep his scoring and his impact low enough to where you can win because without Kawhi leonard the raptors i don't even believe would be this far i'm not even sure the raptors would be in the playoffs so you've got to hope to contain him you're not going to stop him just let him get you know his 30 points and then hope that a guy like gasol abaka siakam those guys do not score much, or Lowry even. I mean, Lowry doesn't show up in the playoffs anyways, but you got to hope that these guys don't do much outside of Kawhi, and if you do that, you'll win. And, I mean, you've seen it this series without Embiid. I think the 76ers would be, you know, right there with the Raptors. Maybe not as bad as I think the Raptors would be, because I don't even think the Raptors would be in the playoffs without Kawhi Leonard, But uh, and I think the 76ers would be there without Embiid. But when Embiid's not playing well, the 76ers... Are going to lose this, this series if MB does not play well these next couple games he's been a warrior you know he's been fighting through an illness uh, he has stomach flu the last couple of games and he's fought through and he's played well for the Raptors I mean the 76ers um, so we'll see what happens in this series it's 2-2 games tonight um, Jimmy Butler's got to show up for them Tobias Harris, all these superstars that have been acquired by the 76ers, when they show up and they play well, I think the 76ers are right there uh, as one of the best teams in the league. But with the Raptors, I think Kawhi Leonard is a top five, top three player in the league, and you can only hope to contain him. If they can contain him, then I think they'll win this game, the 76ers. But if they can't and he goes for 39, 40 points again, then I think the Raptors will go ahead and win this series. But we'll see what happens there. Go to the Nuggets and the Blazers, two and two again. Probably the mo probably the most slept on series in the playoffs so far. Um, on Friday night, four overtime loss for the Nuggets. That was an absolute killer. The Blazers were able to get that win on Friday. That was huge. Grind it out. Playing in such a hard game like that, four overtimes, you're just exhausted. To end up losing that is an absolute mental uh, killer. But give the Nuggets credit. They fought back on Saturday, and they were able to get a win. On Sunday, sorry. And they were able to get a huge win for them. Jokic has been an absolute jokic, whatever. Has been an absolute workhorse for the Nuggets. He played 65 minutes on Friday, and then goes out on Sunday and plays 39. That is almost insane. And you got to give him all the credit in the world. This He's been fighting. He's been a workhorse. I think he's slowly introducing himself to some casual NBA fans who don't realize how good of a player he actually is. Um, 
And this is one of the best series I think we've seen, you know, from the Nuggets and the Blazers. I mean, two teams that usually aren't in it, uh, fighting back and forth. It's a lot of fun. I mean, they're both trying to win the uh, honor of losing to the Warriors next round. But still, I mean, Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard and Jokic both during these playoffs have introduced themselves to the casual NBA fans. Uh, two guys that usually play, you know, obviously play on the West Coast. You don't see a lot of them. Um, well, I guess, is Denver really a West Coast sort of? Eh, it is kind of, I guess. They play late when you're on the East Coast. But Lillard and Jokic have really introduced themselves to the casual NBA fans, fans that don't really know much about them. If they were watching this series, they'd realize that Lillard and Jokic are both you know, top 15, top 10 NBA players. And it's been a lot of fun so far. So we'll see what happens. Two and two for every series except Bucks versus Celtics. Uh, we'll... Obviously, keep tabs on all of that on Thursday. Raptors 76ers, Nuggets Blazers tonight. Um, Going to be a nice packed NBA night. Hopefully, all these series will be wrapped up by the end of the week. I think they will be. Uh, unless we have a couple more Game 7s, that would be a shock. Uh, but, been a really fun NBA playoffs. I mean, I think we were sort of, you know, our expectations for the, these NBA playoffs were kind of low. Because, you know, no LeBron. Uh, he's been in the playoffs the last couple of years, and he's really drawn a lot of the uh, uh, hype that have surrounded the NBA playoffs. But without LeBron, I mean, these playoffs have been a lot of fun. I'm not saying that LeBron, because there's no LeBron, that the playoffs have been better. Uh, I just think without his absolute dominance with the Cavs the last couple of years, you know, sweeping teams, just absolutely destroying teams, uh, it's made, you know, obviously the East a lot more competitive uh, and I think in turn that makes people want to tune in more. And when they tune in for the Eastern type of games, you know you want to check out the Western games after. You know they hold your attention a little bit better. Um, so I think while yeah, um, LeBron is fun and he's a fun guy to have in the playoffs, and I wish he was in there. This has been the best result I think for the NBA as a whole. This playoff series without having your biggest superstar playing in these playoffs. This has been the best result for them, if that makes sense. Um, the best case scenario for a without LeBron playoff uh, have been, you know, these last two, these this uh, playoffs. I'm getting a little rambled here in my thoughts. But anyways, with the Lakers, though, they're looking at hiring Tyron Lue. We said it on uh, Thursday's show. It's looking like Ty Lue is going to be the coach after Monty Williams got hired by the uh, uh, Pelicans. And not the Pelicans. Where am I at right now? Pelicans. He used to play. He used to coach for the Pelicans. Now he's coaching the Suns. He got hired by the Suns. But anyways, with Ty Lue getting hired, it looks like almost any hour now, any minute now, it looks like that could be announced. Uh, they're also looking at Fred Vogel for the assistance job. Uh, so the Lakers are sort of rebuilding their their uh, coaching staff right now, which makes sense. I mean, they're gearing up for the free agency. I think without a good free agency period, the Lakers are gonna. Uh, you know, have sort of the same results they had last year, and we're gonna see, you know, how well Ty Lue and LeBron can work together with the Lakers, uh, coaching staff. So we'll see what happens, and it's gonna be a great, uh, it's been a great playoffs, and it's gonna be a fantastic summer with free agency. So let's get into football now. That's it for basketball. We went through those kind of quickly, 
But we will be back on Thursday to go through each playoff series again and give you some updates on that. But before football, i got to talk to you guys about my guy Dom at D's Home Cuts. D's Home Cuts has been the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. For only $7, D's Home Cuts will provide you with professional haircuts at a low price. If you don't know what kind of haircut you like, don't worry. Trust Dom. Go into the shop. He's going to give you tips to make sure you look your best. Me, Truman, 90% of the guests we've had on this show have gotten their haircut at D's at least once or their lifetime uh, clients. These home cuts. He's Dom also started a YouTube channel. If you know our guy Dom, Dom's one of our you know reoccurring guests we've had on the show. We've had him on a handful of times. Actually, the first guest we've ever actually had on the show was Dom, and he since he came on and uh, what he's been doing in the meantime besides these home cuts is he started a YouTube page. It's called Unlimited Dom, and he's been working on this YouTube page. And basically, what it is, it's a health, fitness, uh, diet YouTube page. And he has been killing it. He lost almost, I think he lost over 100 pounds worth of weight. And he has been absolutely destroying it. And he's been giving, putting out videos on his YouTube page, Unlimited Dom. So he can give you guys tips to make sure if you want to lose a couple pounds here and there for the summer. I know the summer's here, but there's never too late to lose some pounds uh, for the summer. Show off that beach body. Dom is here to help you out. Check out his YouTube page, Unlimited Dom. And also check out his Instagram at D's Home Cuts. That's where you can send a DM to him to get an appointment set up. He's a one-stop shop. I mean, you could drive over there listening to TNT Sports Talk, get a fresh haircut, make yourself looking really good, and then lose a couple pounds at the gym through tips uh, from Dom, and you'd be looking and feeling your best. So go check him out, D's Home Cuts and Unlimited Dom. D's Home Cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. So let's get into some football talk here. Um, I know a lot of people have been wondering, you know, what's going on with the Chicago Bears kicking situation. If you saw, I think it was on our Twitter on Friday, I believe, we retweeted a tweet from a reporter who said that the Bears kicking competition has been, you know, really tight. It's been really competitive. And they made eight kickers kick 43-yard field goals and only two guys have made it. So what's going on with the Chicago Bears kicking organization and kicking problems? So let's wrap it up. Let's do a quick review here. So obviously Cody Parkey missed a 43-yard field goal for the Bears in the playoffs versus the Eagles to make them you know, obviously lose the game. So the Bears have been struggling to find a consistent kicker ever since Robbie Gold left, ever since they cut Robbie Gold, I guess you could say, um, and now he's killing it for San Francisco. But that's besides the point. So what the Bears decided to do over this offseason was bring in eight guys. I think four of them were just rookie camp, you know, tryout guys, and the other four actually had contracts on the team. And for the past couple of days, you know, last week, they had them, you know, doing a lot of competition stuff, a lot of hard-nosed competition stuff. I mean, I saw reports where, you know, they were kicking field goals, and if they made the field goal, the entire uh, offense had to do uh, – push-ups or something like that, and if they missed it, he had something like that, some sort of weird uh, competition stuff. But kickers have been reporting that it's been a lot of fun, really competitive. So what they decided to do on Friday was make eight guys, all eight guys, kick 43-yard field goals. And basically what they're doing is they're just bringing in as many guys as possible and just hoping that one sticks. So they had these eight guys kick 43-yard field goals, and only two people made it. 
Elliot Fry, who is formerly of the AAF, the only kicker actually of the eight who has some experience in the NFL, in uh, professional football and the NFL, kicking some field goals. And then they had a guy by the name of Chris Blewett, uh, which is not a, a very fortunate name for a kicker. Um, he's from Pittsburgh, not Pittsburgh Steelers. He went to Pittsburgh University where he was their kicker for the last couple of years. Well, those are the only two guys that actually made it. The other six guys were actually released. They just let him go. Was straight cut. And then yesterday they traded a seventh-round pick for Eddie Pinheiro, I believe his name is. He is from the Raiders. He was a addition last year. He went, for, went to Florida was a uh, undrafted free agent for the Raiders. He came into camp, actually played pretty well for them, but ended up getting hurt, so he spent the entire 2018 season on the IR. And now he was traded to the Bears yesterday for a seventh-round pick. So the Bears have three kickers right now. Eddie Pinheiro, the guy yesterday, Elliot Fry of the AAF, and Chris Blewett of the, um, from Pittsburgh University. All three guys have never made a field goal in a professional uh, game, actual professional game, and these three guys are supposed. To, one of these guys is supposed to be, you know, the next kicker for the Bears. The Bears have been trying the last couple of months to find a good kicker, to find a consistent kicker, and I don't think signing guys or bringing in guys who have never actually kicked in a professional game makes a lot of sense. But hey, it's one of those things where you just throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and you hope one sticks. You hope one makes sense, and you know, give credit to Ryan Pace, that little bald-headed piece of shit. Um, he is trying to make it work. And, you know, so far, when only two of the eight guys, what is that? Um, I'm not a, bit, not a big math guy. Let me do it real quick. Two of eight. Um, 25, that's, that's actually really easy. 25% of all the kickers in your camp actually can make one of the most important field goals from last year. I mean, you might as well. like they, is, This was basically going two for eight from 43. Basically, you could find that same percentage from when the Bears set that same situation up You know, during the Super Bowl where they had guys kick from 43 yards out and just drunken idiots, and some of them would actually make it, actually. So you'd have a better chance with that. And you're going to sign, you're going to potentially... Give the opportunity to kick professional NFL field goals to a guy by the last name of Blewett. I mean, that's that's already that's just a walking Twitter joke. That makes no sense to me. But you know, hey, you want to give him a shot? I think this guy, this Chris Blewett guy, when he knew he was going to be a kicker, I think it would have been his best interest to you know maybe take his mom's maiden name or I don't know, switch your name up to something. I mean, Chris like Smith would make more sense than Blewett. I mean. That's already, you can already see those t-shirts being printed up right now uh, in every single t-shirt shop around the Green Bay area. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, but he's been basically, the last couple of months, he's been working at Home Depot, Chris Blewett, and uh, he's been going to kicker camps. And he finally got his opportunity, and you know he's making the best of it, I guess you could say. Um, nothing against him. I just think it's an unfortunate name for a kicker. And you know you play for the Bears now, so it's a free game. I can make fun of you whenever I want. Um, but Elliot Fry, I don't really know much about. I know he went to the AAF and played there, played well, I guess, enough to get a, you know, an opportunity with the Bears. But, I mean, if you can't even make a 43-yarder, uh, why are you even brought into a professional camp? But these, 40, these six guys 
who got cut. I'm not even going to go through, the, through it because it's just a lot of names. It's just a lot of guys who once I tell you their names, if once I go through the effort of typing in and finding out each of these six guys' names and then reading it on air to you guys, you guys are going to forget it because you'll never see them again. Um, but, yeah, three guys right now, Elliot Fry, Chris Blewett, and Eddie Pinheiro, are vying for that starting kicker job for the Bears. None of this would have happened if they would have just kept Robbie Gold a couple years ago, paid him what he wanted, kept him happy, and, you know, hey, the Bears might be sitting with the Super Bowl ring right now for all I know. Um, but that's it for that. Let's talk about another team who lost last year in the playoffs, the Dallas Cowboys. So a lot of heat has been going on around the league about the Cowboys. Should or when should they extend Dak Prescott, Dakota Prescott, the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys? Basically, to break down the situation, he his contract is up after this year. The average salary for a quarterback is about $30 million a year, which is heads above every other average at any other position, which makes sense because, you know, with guys like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, some of these guys getting huge contracts, it makes sense. Um, but is Dak Prescott worth high QB money? And you know he's going to be asking for that. Why wouldn't he ask for the average salary for a quarterback? And he led his team to the playoffs last year. But are you going to honestly sit there and tell me that thirty million you're gonna you're willing to give thirty million dollars a year to Dak Prescott to lead your franchise? I mean, this is where you know that's sort of uh, that new wave NFL where it's like, you know, we're gonna try to establish as much talent as we can around our you know young rookie quarterback on his rookie deal, and then in a couple try to win a Super Bowl then, and then in a couple years you know we'll pay him. But do you really want to pay Dak Prescott thirty million a year when if you do decide to pay him? There's a couple guys who are going to have to get paid, and that includes Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, Jalen Smith, and then Byron Jones, who had a fantastic year last year at corner. You're going to you're gonna be able to pay maybe two, two of these guys if you pay Dak Prescott, maybe two, um, and you're going to have to let the next three go. I mean, who are you going to pay? You know, If you pay Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott, you're going to have to let Ezekiel Elliott go. You're going to have to let Jalen Smith go, Byron Jones go. And, you know, maybe the Cowboys are getting ready to let go of Ezekiel. I mean, they drafted two running backs this year, um, Mike Weber and then the Memphis running back. You know, they maybe if they let Byron Jones go, they hope that, you know, Chiwobi Wizu and Jordan Lewis step up. Um, if they let Amari Cooper go, I mean, you saw how bad the Cowboys were without a number one wide receiving target. Um, and then if you let Jalen Smith go, I mean, Sean Lee is his knee – is about as strong as a piece of paper. And, you know, Leighton Vanderesh has been a nice player for you, but without Sean Lee, without Jalen Smith, is he going to be able to, you know, really take the brunt of, you know, the blocking and all of that stuff? So, in my opinion, at the right price, yeah, I would pay Dak Prescott. I would not pay him $30 million a year. I don't think I could sit down and write out a $30 million a year contract for Dak Prescott. He's a fine quarterback. He's an average quarterback. I think you can get uh, the same results if you were to draft another quarterback next year or if you were to go and just get you know an average quarterback. I mean, they have a lot of weapons around him that help out, um, and that defense is starting to come together. I don't think I want to throw that all away so I can give all of my money to Dak Prescott. I mean, that's just not what I would want to do. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to keep all five of these guys, but it's just not going to happen. And the 
Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, you know, brass is they're going to have to make some decisions here. They're going to have to make some tough decisions. Uh, and you're going to see teams like the Rams and like the Bears uh, and even the Browns in a couple years, three, four years down the line, make tough decisions like these where, you know, it's no longer, you know, rookie quarterback, rookie contract. It's let's pay our quarterback a boatload or do we let him go? And then we got to figure out how to be able to keep talent around him when we really don't have that much money to invest in it. So it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks here, a couple of months for the Cowboys. Uh, when are they going to extend Dak Prescott? I don't think they want to let it go all the way to, uh, you know, the middle of the season or even free agency next year. I think they're going to want to get it done if they're going to do it soon. And uh, I think Dak Prescott would like that too. So expect it to come soon. If he, if they pay Dak Prescott, you know, $30 million a year or more, um, Zeke, Amari Cooper, Jalen Smith, Byron Jones, two out of the four of these guys at best are going to be leaving. I think it would be more like three out of four. Um, and it's just going to be a rough you know, offseason for Cowboys fans, letting go some of these guys. And, you know, like Jalen Smith, I think he has two more years left. I think Ezekiel Elliott, he's up after this year. Mark Cooper's also up, and I think Baron Jones is also up. So you got Jalen Smith for another year or so. But when you pay Demarcus Lawrence also, don't forget that, that's just more money out of uh, the, the salary cap for the Cowboys. And like I said, you have to pay Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, he's a top-of-the-line pass rusher. Um but it kind of gives you a peek into the window of where I think the Browns are going to be in four or five years. I mean, they're going to have to pay Miles Garrett, and then they're going to have to pay Baker Mayfield You know, the next year after that. Um, and those are two of the highest paid positions in the NFL. And what do you do after that? How do you pay for a guy like Odell, Jarvis Landry? Jarvis Landry's already paid for, but Odell, uh, Njoku's coming up in a couple of years. Um you know, that defensive side of the ball. I mean, they're going to have to pay some of these guys. And John Dorsey doesn't have a great track record of being able to manage salary cap uh, and keeping a franchise together. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, salary cap is, you know, one of the boring sides of football, but it plays a huge factor into, you know, the type of talent that's being put on the field every single Sunday for your favorite NFL team. So we are going to be watching that. I know a lot of people are watching that. We will keep the closest eye that we can on that uh, and see, you know, will the Cowboys pay Dak Prescott? I mean, I'd love to get a Cowboy fan on here. I know we we know a couple that could talk to us about this. Somebody who's actually watched every single Cowboys game and every single snap of Prescott's career. And they can tell me personally if they think Dak Prescott's worth, you know, giving up, you know, possibly – Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, Jalen Smith, or Byron Jones. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, some current NFL news, though. Compensatory pick picks. A uh, little tongue twister there. Uh, there has been a new rule put into place that after today, free agents that are signed will not count against the compensatory pick formula. Uh, so that means we should get an uptick in free agent moves. Some of these guys we're going to go through here in a second that haven't been signed yet. I expect them to be signed within the next couple of, of days, if not weeks. Um, basically, now, if a team signs a free agent, uh, they won't lose a compensatory pick and the team that... The, the, the guy played for beforehand, they won't get a compensatory pick. So uh, it just, you know, increases the motivation for teams to sign free agents this late the season. So some of the best free agents still available. I mean, we are pretty much past the free agent period where uh, 
you know, all the big names are kind of picked apart. But there's still some good players out here who could still sign on and make an impact for your favorite team. I mean, you saw it last year. He's on the list again, uh, Trey Boston. He was signed by the Cardinals, I believe, last year very late. And he ended up having a huge impact for them. And then you go Kenny Vaccaro, too. He signed late with the Titans, and he ended up playing really well for them. So there's still a lot of big names still out there. Uh, Trey Boston, like I said. Ndamukong Sue is still available. I mean, I know Sue signed a huge deal with the Dolphins and then signed another big deal with the Rams. And a lot of people are thinking that he just is in it for the money. He doesn't really care. But he is still an impact player. I mean, when you put him on that defensive line, he is going to draw double teams. And it makes a lot of sense for people to go out there and give him a uh, – Take a flyer out on him and see if he's still got, you know, that dominant Pro Bowl caliber talent that we've seen from Ndamukong Sue. Same with Iggy Ansa. You know, he's come a long way from his 12th sack season a couple years ago. Former first-round pick uh, for the Lions. He was hurt, beat up last year, but he's still probably the best pass rusher available on the market right now. Um, and it makes some sense, you know, for teams to kick the tires on him and see if he still, still has a little bit left in the tank. Same with Eric Berry. Eric Berry, when healthy, was one of the best safeties in the league the last decade. Um, I've said it before though on this show. I'll say it again. I'll say it a thousand times over. Players are not the same after tearing their Achilles. Uh, you've seen it in almost every level of sports. Um, you saw it most currently with DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, when he came back for the Warriors, he was not the same. And Eric Berry, I'm not sure how well he'll play, but he is still you know, a high-caliber name, and he is going to be... You know, I expect uh, he still has some starter potential still left in him. So that would make sense for somebody to pick him up. Two first-round picks, former first-round picks, Nick Perry and Shane Ray. Um, Perry is a little bit obviously closer to my heart because he played for the Packers. Um, he is still out there, so is Shane Ray. Both first-round picks, pass rushers, guys who could help a team out. You know, I'm not sure they're at the caliber where they could be, you know, starting linebackers but I still think you know obviously there was a reason why they were picked in the first round they still have Perry has shown the past couple of years he's shown flashes same with Shane Ray and I think it makes sense again I think a lot of these guys are flyer guys to see what they can do one year deal guys and it makes sense to get you know a quick check on them and see what's going on then Jamie Collins uh from the formerly from the Browns and Patriots the old adage of the Patriots know when to get rid of a player before it's too late or maybe get rid of him a year early uh, is going into play here with the Browns and uh, Jamie Collins. I mean, they traded, the Browns traded for Jamie Collins a couple years ago, and when he was at the top of his game, Patriots fans were pissed because uh, he actually had a pretty decent year for the Browns, and then he goes around and he gets cut. And again, the Patriots know what they're doing. They're playing chess while other teams are playing checkers. Um, so he's still available. Muhammad Wilkerson still available. He showed flashes for the Packers his first three games. I was actually um, kind of hoping we signed him back before he got hurt. He had a pretty brutal injury early on in the season. Um, and I was kind of hoping the Packers would sign him back. But we drafted some defensive linemen, and we actually already gave away his number, so I don't think he'll be back. But he could be an interesting pickup. I mean, he was a couple years ago one of if not the best defense lineman in the nfl before he had some injuries and stuff like that and he started to play like that a little bit last year before he got hurt so he's still available two offensive guys that are available jay ajayi uh the running back from the eagles again a couple years ago he was 
one of the best running backs in the NFL. Some injuries last year and, you know, falling behind a team with a lot of running backs, the guys who a lot of guys who needed carries. Jay is sort of falling back. Um, but he's still, I think he still has the potential to be that former Pro Bowl top 100 caliber player that he was a couple years ago. And Michael Crabtree is the last one we'll talk about. Uh, Crabtree was with the Ravens, formerly with the Raiders, and then with the 49ers. First round pick, wide receiver. Uh, he should obviously get a flyer. If Des Bryant gets a flyer, he should get a flyer. Um, he was amazing for the Raiders. I think he was very underrated for them the last couple years. Went to the Ravens where they don't really have you know much of a track record of really you know highlighting a wide receiver's talents. So Crabtree makes a lot of sense for the for any team that needs a couple late edition wide receivers to bring into camp. So I think we'll see a handful of these guys get signed and another handful of another guys we didn't mention. Uh, so keep watch on that. Uh, we will obviously give you an update if any of these guys get signed um, and any other guy, you know, notable guy that we did not mention. So watch for that the next couple of days here, if not hours. Uh, but we're going to move now to some baseball real quick. Um, Indians suck. Uh, Indians, uh, I don't really have much in terms of, you know, big storylines for the MLB, but, you know, from what I've been watching the last couple of weeks, I just, last couple of days, I've needed to talk about the Indians. They are struggling right now. They lost Corey Kluber. Um, so they had Cody Anderson, one of my favorite players, former favorite players. Actually, right now I'm staring at a signed Cody Anderson picture. Uh, he got hurt. He came back, though, and he pitched on Sunday where he got absolutely annihilated. I mean, he just could not hit the strike zone at all. Um, we ended up losing that game, I think it was like 10-1 to 1 or 10 nothing or something like that. And then we ended up coming back yesterday, and we lost 9-1 to 1 to the White Sox. So Trevor Bauer got rocked. It's just been a rough couple of days for the Indians, and I just need to get some stuff off my chest. I mean, they need a fifth starter. Dallas Keuchel's available, I mean, but they're looking at a guy like James Shields right now, which makes no sense to me. Um, so I just needed to sort of get that off my chest. I mean, they got to make some moves here. This offense is absolute shit, and I just cannot stand watching them right now. It's really hard. I love the Indians with all my heart, but it's just hard to watch them right now. They're just not playing well, and it's it's sad. Um, but that's it for that. The one thing, though, with baseball that can make you smile, three years ago to this day, Bartolo Colon hit his home run, his first and only home run of his career. Uh, a happy moment in baseball. We'll use that to sort of close the show and get rid of that suckiness that is the Cleveland Indians right now. Um, but that's it for our show today. You know, thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts. We ask that you check us out on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Leave us a five-star rating, write, write us a review, and subscribe. Follow us also on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk 12. That's where you can send us questions, comments, concerns, DMs. If you want to be a guest, whatever you want, our DMs are always open uh, from there. But other than that, that, though, thank you for listening. Tune in on Thursday. We'll go through a full show. Uh, we'll give you some MLB standings, updates, and more. I think we're going to start our team review, our off-season review, um, just so we can get through all of it before the uh, – preseason games start so go ahead and tune in for that on thursday and you know have a great day guys